0: Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there.
1: All copywriting. If you struggle with articulating yourself, be clear, not clever. That's a Donald Miller staple in his story brand framework rather than trying to be cutesy and name your packages a certain way and present it in a fun way or be salesy about it just be clear like i have a lot of photographers who have one package and it's customizable and they say i got one package this is where it starts we can add things we can take it away we can add a second shooter we can add hours we can put an album on if that's what you want i just think that if you sound like a person on your pricing page People are gonna want to talk to you and they can be like, okay, this is a human. This isn't someone trying to sell me something. So I always say honesty and clarity trump everything when it comes to your pricing. If you're trying to hide something, people are gonna feel it.
0: Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso. A mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show hello my beautiful friends welcome back to the show today i'm chatting with rachel griman she's a copywriter who owns green chair stories a copywriting collective based in denver colorado that writes websites for photographers she believes cookies are a perfectly acceptable breakfast food as long as you eat some salad later she lives with her giant dog an 80 pound bernadoodle named bernadette her giant husband a six foot six man named travis and are currently little but probably soon to be giant babies in a bungalow in the city. She's a copywriting expert, and I am so excited to dive into our convo today. So without further ado, here is Rachel. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Well, tell us
1: who you are and what you're passionate about. I mean, that is a long answer, but I will try (laughs) to keep it brief. So like you said, my name is Rachel and I run Green Cheer Stories. We have been around since 2014. We started as a family photography business because I have always been a photographer and a copywriter. I worked in the nonprofit world before I started Green Cheer Stories. And then I was in all the Facebook groups with other photographers trying to figure out how to run my business. And everybody was asking questions about how to write their website. And I was like, oh, that's a no-brainer. I can help there. It was like my way to contribute back to the group when I was asking all like the business questions. And then it quickly became apparent that that was a smarter career path. (laughs) So I I still photograph families, just it's very – like it's a subset of the business. And now we write more than 50 websites a year for photographers. And we have a team of four writers and my assistant – And I'm just really passionate as far as my business goes about helping people figure out why they're different. I find that photographers have a really hard time putting into words like they can feel it in their creative artistic soul, what makes them different than the photographer down the street, but they struggle putting that into words and selling themselves. You know, I think photographers have a really hard time with feeling salesy. And I think if you're really legitimately just talking about who you are, it doesn't have to feel salesy. So I'm passionate about helping photographers find what that is.
0: I love that. I think you're, you hit the nail on the head because I think as artists and creatives, art may, ne- may naturally come to us or just like that love of photography, but we stumble on our words, whether it be even like showing up on social media, how we show up on our websites. Because like, I know sometimes like I just sit down and I'm like, do-do-do, blank page, don't know what to say. Totally. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm a writer and I have a hard time
0: with a blank page.
1: It's tough especially when that's not why you got into business.
0: Exactly. Now, what would you say some of the biggest website copy mistakes are that you see?
1: I mean, that could be an hour-long episode. But (laughs) right away when you said that, I think a big one that I'm seeing right now is that people buy a template from a design studio or a creative – Someone and whatever platform it is, Squarespace, Show It, WordPress, you know, all the different platforms. I think those templates come with pre written sections and put this here. And while that's very helpful, I think that's a helpful prompt for people who really, really struggle with writing. I find that it boxes photographers in and they don't really think about the journey that their client needs to go on and the message that they need to read and when they need to read it. And they just fill in the prompts rather than strategically looking at, hey, what's the first thing someone should read when they come to my site? It probably shouldn't be about me. And a lot of those templates will have that first section on your homepage be about you. Yeah. And so I think the biggest mistake I see is photographers just following those prompts rather than thinking about something strategically and about, hey, how can I jump into the conversation my reader might be having in their head rather than just blindly following what this template is telling me to say?
0: I love that. I think that really like I've been, I haven't had, had my website since, oh gosh, maybe 2010. And I've really seen a shift on what we're putting on our websites and how we are serving our clients. Whereas before it used to be like, this is me, this is my work, book me now, Like, here's my price. Yep. Like it's all about me. And it's really shifted to like, here's your client or prospective client, all about them. What's their, what's their problem that you're trying, they're there to solve, right?
1: Absolutely. Yep. And People, if you listen to any podcast or read any book about copywriting, you'll, you'll hear people talk about pain points. You know, what's the mm-hmm. pain point that they're struggling with? And I think with your audience, mostly portrait photographers, you know, a lot of family, maternity, newborn, that's a little bit easier because that phase is so hard. You know, you're pregnant or you just had a newborn. It's really easy to identify what the yeah. pain point of your client might be. When I think about wedding photographers and family photographers too, I would rather see copy focus on the joy point. Like what mm-hmm. is... The reason that they want their family photographed is because of a happiness that they're feeling, you know, not necessarily because it's painful. Now, I do think it's important to mention what's difficult about hiring a photographer or about actually getting the session on the calendar or about having a session. I think photographers should go into the pain of it all. But right on that homepage, I see so many people who have listened to a podcast or – read a book and they're like, oh, I got to go right to the pain. And it's like, I don't know that you want to talk about pain right away on your website or about why it's difficult. There's other parts that are happy and joyful and resonant with clients that are good.
0: I love that. That's an interesting take. I've never thought of that because I mean, it's what you do here in marketing is like, yeah, you got to hit the pain points. You you know, prompts people to buy but you're so right they're actually they're searching a lot of the time for a joy reason so why are we taking away the joy and telling them okay i get it, this hurts and you're like but wait a minute it doesn't hurt and i'm just like looking to document the
1: joy right <laughs> right i just I, these are like the years are fleeting and they're going by really fast and i want to remember them why are you yeah. telling me about like right away how hard it is yeah and i'm and not no, saying I'm so that shouldn't, yeah <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's that's it's not that it shouldn't be touched on, but I think that's something that's really good for content, mm-hmm. blogging, yeah. Instagram posts, the stories, reels like, pain points are a lot easier if it's quippy. And it's not like the thesis of your entire website is focused on how hard it is to hire a photographer. You don't really sound like a good time to be around if that's everything that you're talking about.
0: Love that. That's a great perspective. One thing I really notice, because I do a lot of work where I'm researching people in the industry doing amazing things, whether to bring them on the podcast or come teach with us for our online retreats. But one thing I really notice is a lot of the times people are missing who they are, where they're located, what their name is, and like how I can find them elsewhere. Yeah, And I find it shocking, but it's so missed.
1: Yeah. At the very least, I always tell people just put all of that in the footer. Yeah. So on every page, people can see your location, your name, and your social links and an email address. An email address is a big one. I think people are afraid to put their email address on because they don't want people like just cold reaching out to them. But I'm like, why not make it as easy as possible? If somebody doesn't want to fill out the contact form, let them. I love that. So
0: what advice do you have on creative copy that stands out instead of blending in?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think joy is one of them, you know, talking about, and I said the word thesis, and that's a little too heady, but having a big idea Mm -hmm. when you start your website that opens a loop So when you examine all your past clients that you really love working with, what is the main reason they came to you? What is the main reason they said yes to you? That's your big idea that you lead with on your homepage. And that should carry through and you should close that loop on your contact page. So I think standing out is having a big idea in the first place. Again, going back to the mistake of people just filling out the template those templates often don't give you the chance to introduce an idea. And so the idea might be that time is fleeting. The idea might be that you've never done this before and you don't know what you're doing and you need a guide to help kind of shepherd you through. If you're an in-person sales photographer, it might be printing your images and having proof, like tangible proof. Mm -hmm. So you need to come up with your big idea and that's going to help you stand out and The way to do that is, shocker, not by reading other photographers' websites. (laughs) I think a lot of people sit down to write their site and they're like, well, what is this person doing? You know, what is that person doing? And I think that can be really detrimental because then you're not going to be able to get their voice out of your head. I would much rather people go back through the clients that they, real people, not an avatar, real people that they loved working with and think about how they felt photographing them, what the client loved about the session with them and how that's been replicated in other sessions. So that's where your big idea comes from. The proof is in your real lived experiences, not what other people are doing.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think I think that there is one topic that, you know, we like to avoid, but it's actually copy plagiarism. And I know it really happens a lot in the industry. It does. Um, Like we hate, like as photographers, we hate when people take our work and use them to sell totally their stuff. So why would words be any different?
1: Right. They're not. <laughs> and I always tell my clients and remind them, hey, run your site through copiescape.com. That's a free resource that you can use. I think you get like three to five pages that a day that you can run through for free and it'll show you if anybody's copied you and it'll show you the exact website. And so I've reached out to those clients. Like if somebody's copyrighted words that I've written for a client, I've reached out to them before and I just send them a loom video and I'm like, Hey, this is the same. And this is the same. It's got to be taken down by the end of the day. And it's really nice. Yeah. Like I don't do it in a mean way at all, but it's more like, I'm not going to ignore this. They paid a lot of money for these words. so.
0: <laughs> now what course of action would someone have if they noticed that their words were plagiarized?
1: I mean, everybody should have a lawyer. It would be a cease and desist from your lawyer, I think. Yeah. But usually someone seeing my face in a loom video, walking them through the similarities between their site and another site is enough to like, I've never had to have anybody go that route.
0: Interesting. I just find it so fascinating because I know yeah. like, because we get up in arms as photographers yeah. when it's happened to me it so should. many times. We, like when I see my work being used to promote something that I, I'm completely not affiliated with. So yeah, I, I've always found that so fascinating with copy that it seems to be a swipeable thing that people think it's okay with and it's actually not, right?
1: And I think te- that's hard because copywriters will talk about swiping templates because mm-hmm. you can see the template of someone's site. Yeah in the structure. And that's okay to steal, quote unquote, as long as you're inputting your own words. But I always say, if you're going to steal from someone, steal from outside your industry. And steal is like an aggressive term. I mean, look at their template, see how they set up a page, and then make it your words, your people, and never take a word from someone else's Love it. So don't borrow your personality. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a great way of saying it.
0: So how do you find your own copy voice and ensure it it stays consistent throughout your website and your social media and your emails?
1: Practicing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that you practice, especially in the beginning. I mean, we won't work with a client if they haven't photographed a certain number of sessions or if they haven't been in business for a certain amount of time, not because we're too good for them at all, but because I think it's a waste of their money if you don't know who you want to target and who you're talking to, I'm not going to let you spend thousands of dollars on something. And so I think those early days of business, when you're just kind of figuring it out, DIYing is the best thing that you can do because it gives you practice and it gives you clarity around who you are. So finding your copy voice is as much about knowing yourself as it is about knowing your clients. So it's kind of like you got to kiss a lot of frogs until you mm-hmm. figure out who you want to be working with. <laughs> and so I think all of us did this. I did in the beginning. I would photograph anything. Yeah. You know, why not? More money, more people. But that quickly comes back to bite you in the butt because people don't know who you're for then. And the more specific you can be about who you're for, the more specific you can be about your brand voice. And that. so when I think about my clients and my past clients who I love, I can be like, ah. Cherie has this sense of humor. She would make this joke and we related on this topic. If I think about writing my entire website to this person that I have real lived experience with, that's my voice. And a really easy way to do it for people that struggle with that blank page and the blinking cursor is talking. I just open up my voice memos on my phone sometimes if I'm struggling with something and I say, okay. This is what I'm trying to say in this section. This is who I'm talking to. And this is the voice that I want to have. And then I'll just say it. Or I'll record a conversation with my husband in the same way. Trab, this is what I'm trying to say. This is how I want to say it. And then after three minutes of verbally processing, I have found a golden nugget that I can work with. So the blinking cursor can be so intimidating. But just talking, at least for me, I'm like the verbalist of processors. Oh, same. <laughs> Sometimes talking is so much easier. And there's talk to text in Google Docs too. Yes. Yes. So, you can use that feature in Google Docs if you just want it to record what you're saying.
0: I love that so much because, you know, it's funny because I, I like I buy courses and I'm like a course junkie.
1: Yeah, Are I we love all? them, right? <laughs> I
0: love them so much. But when it comes to doing the work in the workbook, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> write it down. But as soon as, like, if, if you were to be like, hey, Lisa, here's the questions, I'd be like, here's all the answers, and it's fine. And so, I've really discovered recently I'm a verbal processor. And in order for me to get things done, that's what it takes for me to, to do it.
1: <laughs> totally. And I found that because I'll be on calls with my clients and the best pieces of writing that I can jump from are as I'm talking to them and thinking out loud. I'm like, I might be a writer, but my best stuff comes from talking. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. So I think a major tough point is the wording and the language around pra- packages and pricing so it's clear for clients and that they know what to expect. So do you have any advice on that where it's like, okay, do I keep it – you know, do I send it, do I put it on the website? Do I send it out or like, how do,
1: how do we get around this? I mean, there's so many different sales tactics and I always hesitate to speak to that because I'm not a sales expert. I mean, all copywriters should be sales experts to some extent, but I'm not going to, there's so much that goes into that from your marketing funnel, like how you're getting people to your site, what your sales process is like after they slide into your inbox. So there's not really a generalized rule of thumb that should say, well, you have to have starting prices or you have to have all of it. It really depends on your market, your competition and your price range. So yeah, there's not like a blanket statement I can give. But for me, I have always seen that my best inquiries come from putting starting prices on because you're at least giving people an idea and you're gonna kind of throw away price shoppers at that point because they can see how much you cost. But all copywriting... If you struggle with articulating yourself, be clear, not clever. That's a Donald Miller staple in his um, story brand framework. Rather than trying to be cutesy and name your packages a certain way and present it in a fun way or be salesy about it, just be clear. Like I have a lot of photographers who have one package and it's customizable. And they say, I got one package. This is where it starts. We can add things. We can take it away. We can add a second shooter. We can add hours. We can put an album on if that's what you want. I just think that if you sound like a person on your pricing page, people are gonna want to talk to you and they can be like, okay, this is a human. This isn't someone trying to sell me something. So I always say honesty and clarity trump everything when it comes to your pricing. Because if people feel like you're hiding something, if you're trying to hide something, people are gonna feel it. I love that. It kind of reminds me of like when you go to a
0: restaurant and they have this like super wordy menu of like all these ginormous words and you're like, I don't even know. Like I'm I'm such a foodie.
1: But sometimes I'm just
0: like, this doesn't sound good. And I don't know. Like (laughs) I don't even know. Like,
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're overselling this. That's how I feel sometimes on those menus. Just like like the their minimum.
0: Yeah. It was like this one for gazpacho or something, which I'm like, so it's cold soup right? Right. Okay. We're good.
1: And the main (laughs) ingredient is what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. So many photographers struggle with writing copy, whether it be for their website, emails, or even social media posts. So what advice do you have to start working that writing muscle if it really doesn't come naturally to you?
1: Yeah. My big tip is talking, either talking to somebody that you love and trust or to yourself. Another way to kind of exercise that muscle is through using prompts. Like you can even like search the hashtag social media prompts and you're going to get all these challenges that come up. I think having a framework, again, people think about niching down and it feels like a box. Like how can there be more money to be made within a smaller niche? But think about writing the same way. It's easier to write if you put a framework around it. And it doesn't have to be photography either. Like Laura Tremaine, she's somebody that I follow on Instagram and she does like one a day May. And she has a different prompt every day of the month for May. And it's just a social media challenge where people are posting. And I think that just exercising that writing muscle with other people's words. And like you said, the blank page is the hardest place to start. So if you can put a sentence like, today I'm going to write about something that meant a lot to me as a child. Who knows what's going to come from that? It might be something Irrelevant that you're never gonna post on social media, but it was still practice. Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, Mm -hmm. I think is brilliant and wonderful. She talks about morning pages. Yeah. And it's just like three pages of whatever she wants to write to get out of her head in the morning. And she said hers never see the light of day. It's not productive. It's not for anything. It's just the practice of journaling and getting your thoughts out. And you will be shocked at how much more comfortable you get if you allow yourself to suck at it for a second.
0: There's such a worry of sucking of like, we get so in our head that like, if it's not perfect, I'm not gonna do it and I'm not gonna try. I'm actually speaking for myself.
1: Yeah, same, same. (laughs) And I think people are afraid to throw it away. It's like, well, I just worked on this for an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, and? Yeah. Like how many times have you edited a photo to death because you wanted it to work and you knew it wasn't a good one to deliver to a client? It is the same exact thing. Not all words are worth sharing and not all words need to see the light of day. I can't tell you how many things I have written that will never see anything. We actually have a section in every copy document that we give to clients called the graveyard. And it's at the very bottom. And it's like, if there's something you love and you know it just doesn't work, don't delete it. Just cut it and paste it in the graveyard. Because we can always come back to it. We can always rework it. But it doesn't feel as horrible to just paste it somewhere where it's not going to be used.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea because it's something I really do struggle with is like, and also with like, I loved, I love the prompts. I love coming up with the prompts because I love, I love asking questions. Totally. But then when it comes to me answering them, I'm like, why does anyone even care? Why does anyone care what I have to say? Right. And
1: so I kind of just like overthink it and then I don't say anything. But if you think about all, at least for me, all my favorite people to follow on social media are open about something that other people aren't. Mm. And it's not like they live – like, I don't like following people with really extravagant lives. It actually stresses me out and makes me feel kind of crappy about my own. So I follow very normal people. And seeing them answer everyday questions, those are my favorite kinds of posts or stories to engage with because I'm like, oh, wow, I never thought about it that way. So. I am constantly training that out of myself. It's not that I have something unique to say. It's just that I'm a different person than someone else. Totally. And so when you think about yourself in comparison to other photographers, if you just show up as who you are, that's different enough. Mm. You don't have to try to do what other people are doing and walk someone else's path. You just need to show up honestly about who you are. That's it. That's all there is to it. So what advice would you give to someone
0: who really struggles with that expressing themselves and maybe just has that opinion of themselves that I'm just not a good
1: writer? I would challenge them to think about it not as writing. Mm. Like this isn't a high school English paper. You know, this is not that at all. Copy and writing are not the same thing. Copy is a hack. Copy is a formula. It is figuring out who you are, what your client wants, and how you deliver that in a unique way. It is the Venn diagram of those two things. And if you can find the middle, your clients have already done the writing for you in what they say to you, in their questions that they ask, in their inquiries, in their testimonials that they leave you on your sales calls. What made them say, yes, that's your copy. You're not writing, you're assembling. You're taking all the research you've done about the people you love to work with, what they've said about you and what made them say yes. And then you're just assembling it on a website. When I get stuck writing a website, that is what I remind myself of. And I open up all of my research about the client and I go back to the client's words. What do people say about them? That's what I need to remind people of. Love
0: that. Now, what advice would you have for someone who maybe doesn't have all that gathered research and data yet? And how should they start organizing that so they can grab from that?
1: That is a great question. I would guess. (laughs) Like if you don't have the research and you don't have the actual data to pull from, you have to give it your best guess. And that is when like, let's say you don't have a ton of clients or you've never worked with some somebody that you're like, that is them. Then I have people come up with the person that they know in their real life that they would love to photograph. And you make a list of why they love to photograph them. What about that person is appealing to them and why that person would hire them. And again, that's a guess they don't know but that at least gives them an outline and a framework of who they're writing to. Because who you're writing to is the most important piece that is missing when you start because you're not sure yet. You haven't niched down. You haven't had the ideal client yet. So it's an educated guess. And then your copy is a working, living, breathing thing as you learn and as you figure it out. So once you do start to have more of those ideal clients, you kind of tweak things and change things because in the beginning – your website probably isn't going to be what sells you. It's going to be a referral from a friend. It's going to be somebody that you know in real life that's willing to take a chance on you. Your website is just one giant experiment in the beginning. So don't be afraid to really play with it.
0: I love that. And I love that you said it's like not set it, set it and forget it. It's like, it's a working oh, no. project because honestly, cause well, it's funny. I currently do not have a website right now. Mine got hacked in January. Oh, you I, said that. That right.
1: is awful. Yeah.
0: But you know, it's actually an amazing opportunity because I'm actually taking a sabbatical in that business anyway. So I'm restructuring Good. figuring things out and like t- instead of, cause I actually have not updated my copy on that website since probably 2010. So <laughs> <laughs> things have changed a lot. Blessing in disguise. <laughs> right? So I'm taking this as an opportunity and I just find it so fascinating because I, I, I really just left it. I thought, okay, it's one and done and it's not. So I really love that, you know, I sort of like restart my business experiment project Yeah, is really fun on like expressing who I am and what I want to put out there too.
1: Absolutely. And to your point before of like how websites have been changing so much, that's a great example. It was static. The whole website experience was static. The homepage didn't scroll. It was just a gallery of images and a navigation to all the other pages. There wasn't like, why would you put words on the homepage? It's you're just here to see my work, right? And in 2010, I always think about those big gallery sites and that's it. That was the whole thing. And maybe an about page and a contact page. And that static element has changed so much. And that I think is so important for photographers to realize, especially like, when you think about how we use our phones, yes. if like you scroll all day long, all you do is scroll. So your website needs to mimic needs to be that a feeling. Yeah. yeah. And it needs to be something that feels relevant and that feels up to date because people are bombarded with new and fresh information every day. Mm-hmm. So if your site looks old, your brand feels old. Yeah. Love that.
0: So what cliches or pitfalls should photographers really avoid when it comes to their copy? Maybe just Yeah.
1: Well, I see a lot of the same things and I've done a couple of reels about it, but like, I'm your third wheel on your wedding day. You know, that's a big one. For maternity, I think it's like just those cliche statements about time. Mm. Like if you, you can have the idea that time is fleeting, but that probably shouldn't be your headline because everybody says that. Or I would try to come up with something not controversial, but some, like, I just wrote a photography site for a family photographer. And her clients are, like, type A business women who were full-time in their careers and had kids. So one of the headlines was all about, like, you don't have time for this, you know? And that would not work with somebody who's a stay-at-home mom yeah, and does have the time to sit and scroll if she wants. Yeah, And I do not think stay-at-home moms' jobs are easier. (laughs) I have done a lot of stay-at-home momming in the past two years, and it is not easier. Let me tell you what. Work is way easier, but they have access to their phones a little bit more. So you need to figure out who that client is and then think about their core struggle with it and their excitement. Like for a working mom, they're going to want photos of them with their kids. They're going to have less time with their kids overall. And so talking about time in that regard is going to be different than a stay-at-home mom who's like, maybe I want a break. Like, maybe I want some time in this session for just me and my husband (laughs) like that's going to be two different perspectives yeah I think there's just so many cliches and again like not comparing yourself like if you read a ton of other photographer's sites before you sit down to write your own you're going to have all of their words in your head Mm -hmm. so looking at like poetry I really really love to watch cheesy rom-coms with weddings in it before I write a (gasps) wedding site rom-coms are my favorite (laughs) I love rom-coms so much like Hallmark
0: movies like Hallmark movies (laughs) are my like they're so cheesy and even my husband like he bless him he will sit down and he will get some with me sucked in
1: yeah Uh, he is sucked in (laughs) not not bless him he loves it don't let (laughs) him tell you otherwise (laughs) but any rom-com like there's usually a big idea in the struggle of the relationship of the two characters and that can almost always spur something for me when i'm writing a site so just looking for inspiration outside of your industry i think is so important to avoid the cliches i
0: love that i'm gonna call watching hallmark movies my homework now
1: absolutely it is (laughs)
0: So after my website hack that happened in January, I'm currently in the process of rewriting and creating my 2022 version of my website since that old version is completely gone. But it does really feel daunting. So what advice do you have on breaking it down so it feels manageable when starting completely from scratch? I think it depends on where
1: you're at in your business. Where you're at in your business, I would hire out as much as possible. I would hire a website designer and brand strategist. Usually those come together and I would try to hire the same person if I was a photographer and bring in a copywriter as early as possible so everybody gets on the same page. You have a web team. And that way, while you're working on the brand strategy, and the look and feel of the brand before you, get, before you even touch website design, then the copywriter can come in alongside that brand strategist and use their processes to work together to come up with a singular message that your copy and your brand communicates. I because you want those people involved together and working together because that's going to give you the most cohesive messaging. And you want the copywriter to write the copy before they start the website design. That I think is always clutch and not everybody knows that. It's totally possible to write the copy after the design is finished. It's not, it's not a huge deal. But when possible, it's so much easier on both parties if the copy comes first. Because then the web designer has something to input and they know what they need to work around. Whereas you don't want the constraint of a specific box that the designer made to like prevent the copywriter from having freedom to get the message across. Yeah. People do read long copy. They don't read boring copy. And if your copywriter does give you long copy, we tend to write really long websites. That's just our jam that you want a designer to have that ahead of time because then it doesn't change the structure too much. And the copy informs the design because you need to know how many sections to put on the homepage. like a lot of designers will only have like 3 or 4 sections and it's like no no, no I need 7 and it, not always but sometimes so i just i think it can be daunting to start from scratch but it also is a gift because you're not piecemealing it together then and you can create a whole team around it
0: i love that cuz you know it's fun cuz i i did the thing i signed up for show it and i mm-hmm. plunked that that little thing in and start plunking my my pictures in and i'm going i already hate this And Uh (laughs) I've got these boxes that I've got to fill in and I don't know what to write. And now I'm not going to do it for two months because I'm overwhelmed and I've got way too many other things to do. So I love that you're talking about creating a team that is kind of helping you along because it is. It's overwhelming.
1: It is. And something for you is that ShowIt has – there's so many great people who do ShowIt customization. So you're not paying for a full web rebrand you've bought the template and then you can pay someone to customize it so either you write your own copy in a google doc separate and you're like i'm not even looking at the template i'm just going to write what needs to be said on each page and then you can give them your photos and you can give them your copy and they'll customize it for you so you're not sitting there trying to get every centimeter right in the template
0: I love that. Well, I think that's the direction I'll be going in for sure. Yeah. Well, let me know. I have I so many people to
1: recommend to you.
0: I will. So I also see that you have a work with you slash done for you service. Can you share a little bit on your process with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a DIY guide for people that are earlier in their business or want to do it themselves. It takes a lot of elbow grease, but it's just a 60 page document of our entire process that we take people through and you it lets you do it yourself. And then we have a glow up audit service for people who are almost there with their copy, but they just need somebody to take it and make it convert. Usually these clients are good writers, but they don't know enough about copy to make things convert. And it's usually a little too long and needs to be edited and headlines need to be better. So that's like a done with you service. And then our done for you service is we're writing your whole website for you. It's five pages. It's it's always home about and contact. And it's usually like an experience page. And a pricing page or services and investment, you know, it was like some combination of those five. And that process is really specific (laughs) because we have a whole team of writers and I want everybody to be on the same schedule. So you can hire me. I'm usually booked out like three months further than my writers are. And I'm quite a bit more expensive, but my writers are really, really talented. And it's such a steal to hire them. I always say that because I'm still editing it. Like you're still getting my eyes. They're just the ones walking through the process with you. So when people book that service, we book calls with them on a Monday. And going into that call, we have interviewed two to three of their past clients. So we have a ton of research there. We've read all their Instagram posts from at least the past year, probably more like the past five years. We've read every testimonial ever left for them. And we're coming in with like very informed questions. And then we have like an hour long call with them to just get clarity about them and their brand. And then we deliver their first draft a week from that day. And then they have five days to edit with whoever their writer is. So two writers are always on either end of the process from our team. And it's so it's 11 days until the whole website wow. is done for ah. you, which is really nice because a lot of photographers are like, I need copy yesterday. I'm like, yeah. great, we can get it done in 15 days from now. <laughs>
0: and I have to say, like, we've, I have worked with other copywriters in the past and it has taken months and months and months yeah. and months. Yeah. So I love that it is so quick. I think that is fantastic. Totally. And yeah.
1: so, so once my competition, I'm always shouting out my competition because there's room for all of us. Erica from The Right Lens, she does, I think in two days, she does her websites. So hers are really fast too. But the thing that's similar about both of our offerings is that we're only working with one client at a time. Like if you're working with one of my writers, they're not working with anybody else during Mm. your week with them. They're solely focused on you. You have their full attention. They get back to you within 12 hours. And it's just, we really, really want our clients to feel so taken care of. And we want them to realize how significant the work that they do is, and how unique they are. And I find that that's much easier to do if we're not talking to any other photographers at the time.
0: And you know what? I think confidence wise, I think that would be an incredible experience for photographers because I think at the same time, we really question ourselves and we're like, what what unique value do I even bring? So working with someone that can pull that out of you. So I, I can imagine the confidence increase that your clients must have too.
1: Yeah. Well, and they filled out – our clients have filled out like a 40-question questionnaire by the time mm-hmm. they get to that call too. So they've really examined themselves. And then we come to that call and we're like, hey, I talked to three of your clients that, last week. Here are the actual words that came out of their mouths about yeah. you. And it feels so good to be able to tell them like, this is why people love you. Did you know that? Aww. And so you're just totally right. It's my favorite part of the job being able to see people like that light bulb come on of like, oh, I am good at that. I'm not just making it up in my head. <laughs>
0: So you ready for lightning round? Sure. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Most luxurious vacation you've ever been on?
1: My husband and I went, our 10-year anniversary was last fall and we went to Italy and I paid for like everything. Like I did not open my phone to plan a single thing while we were there. Every reservation was booked and it was more money than I ever wanted to spend, but (laughs) I would spend double for how amazing it was. I love that. What was your favorite TV show as a kid? Oh, um, probably Boy Meets World. I'm Mm -hmm. from outside Philadelphia, and that's where the show is based. And so we loved watching it. Last thing you did for yourself is an indulgence. Oh, man. It's sad that I do not have an answer for that. (laughs) Probably just like my nightly ice cream sandwich that I've been eating (laughs) lately. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's not it. Probably Italy in September, if I'm being completely honest.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: Morning person or night owl? Oh, morning. 100%. I'm asleep by 8.30 p.m. every night. I love it. What did you want to be when you grew up? um a soccer player when i was really little but then a photographer i wanted to be a photographer and a writer since i was really really little i love that go to karaoke jam oh probably like a disney duet with my sister that's the only way i would ever sing a karaoke if i was like real drunk and my sister was there
0: seriously (laughs) and disney for the win i love that so much easier
1: to belt (laughs) that what makes your soul light up right now Probably my kids, like the moments when things are really, really good and easy and they're happy yeah, and not having a tantrum. <laughs> That's probably like the best moment of my day. It's like, you're both laughing and happy. How do we recreate this? <laughs> I love
0: that. So what has been the best piece of business advice have
1: you've ever been given? The best piece of business advice I've ever been given is probably that other people's success... Like definition of success is should be different than mine. Like I have to define it for myself. Yeah. And I'm in charge of keeping that at the forefront and ignoring what other people are doing. Mm, good advice. What advice do you have for someone who is just starting out? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. And the way you think about money right now is so different from the way you're going to think about money when you have a little bit of experience under your belt spending that $200 is not that big of a deal. It's just 200 bucks.
0: (laughs) Agreed. So where can our listeners find you and learn more from you?
1: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, It's just at greenchairstories. And then greenchairstories.com is my website. Um, And we have a shop on there if you're interested in any, any of the products and a ton of free resources. My blog is like literally 8 years old of free content that you can learn from. Love that. So I love to end my interviews with
0: this last question and it is what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about?
1: I miss photographing. Mm-hmm. Like I ha- I don't pick up my camera as much anymore and I am so curious about this whole world of mirrorless cameras Mm. and you know like I'm still shooting on a mark four I think and I'm just like okay if I'm going to keep doing this do I upgrade all my gear do I change everything and I'm just curious about like keeping up with that and how relevant it is and if it's necessary and you know the gear questions love that well thank you for joining me today thank you so much for having me this was so fun
0: Oh, my friends, what a fun conversation. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate you listening and tuning in and just hanging with me every single week. I am sending you so much of my light and love today and every day. We'll see you next time.